may be seated. I meant to say this earlier, but uh, two days ago was a, was a month that we have been together uh, as pastor and as congregation, and I, I can't tell you how uh, thankful that I am that we are here together. Uh, it's been a joy to get to know you and still getting to know uh, many of you. And thank you again for all of your hospitality, and it's just been um, it's just been a blessing. So thank you. Um, we're continuing this morning in our series on the fishing stories in the Gospels, and last week we looked um, at the story um, of of Jesus calling the disciples, and um, we began in Luke chapter five, and and, and Jesus called uh, Peter, a fisherman who was a fisherman by trade, into a life of fishing for people. But we learned last week that that we are called into this life of fishing for people as well, just as Peter was. And just like Peter, none of us appears on the outside to be qualified for this job. Uh, In our story last week, Peter had been fishing all night and hadn't caught a thing. I can relate to that. According to our story, Peter doesn't appear to be a really great fisherman. Yet God still calls him to fish for people. Most of us don't appear on the outside to be qualified to fish for people either, but yet God calls us. And we know from experience that God equips us for the job. Now, where fish and fishing was simply a part of the call story of Peter, we find this morning that fishing is the main topic. It's the crucial element of our scripture. And where Jesus was a part of the story last week, he is the one telling the story this week. As you are probably already aware of, Jesus was a master storyteller. He used all kinds of of stories with all kinds of imagery and metaphors to make a point about the kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, about how to follow him. This morning we get a, a fishing story or a fishing parable about the kingdom of heaven and about a time of judgment when we will all be judged before God. The kingdom of heaven is, is simply a term used for describing God's reign, and we know that God's reign is over um, all of creation, not just heaven, but on earth as well. So as we go through this parable this morning, I want us to see what we can learn about the kingdom of heaven and about God's judgment. As we look at verse 47, the first verse of our passage, we see right away that the kingdom of heaven is open to everyone. The kingdom of heaven is open to everyone. Verse 47, once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of of fish. The fishermen called all kinds of fish, and so the heaven, the kingdom of heaven, will be filled with all kinds of people. That is the good news of this parable. When we, when we read about a net being let down into the lake, the image that is meant to be brought to our mind is that of a dragnet. A dragnet was about uh, six feet deep, held down by weights, and it was several hundred feet wide. Fishing with a drag net required more than one boat. You needed a fishing partner to hold one of the net, one side, one end of the net, and you held the other end of the net. This could have easily been the same type of net that was uh, 
used in our story from Luke 5. Uh, Peter and James and John were all fishing partners. The idea was that you would cast the net and you would let it sink to the bottom and then you, would, you would drag the net, catching all kinds of fish in your wake as you dragged it to the shore. Fishing this way, you were liable to catch all kinds of fish. They weren't fishing with a particular bait or lure to catch a certain kind of fish. They were simply catching whatever they could catch in the net. It's a very inclusive form of fishing, and it's also the perfect picture of the kingdom of heaven. Everyone is invited and desired to be a part of the kingdom. No one is too bad. No one's too far gone. No one's so sinful that they can't repent, turn away from their sins, and turn toward God. Jesus came to save the entire world, and Scripture tells us that God desires everyone to be saved and no one to perish. So the kingdom of heaven is open to everyone, all kinds of people. Now, we still got, we have to accept the invitation. We have to follow Christ who teaches us how to live as citizens of this kingdom. But the invitation is open to everyone. The kingdom of heaven is open to everyone. The second thing I want you to see from our passage is this. The angels did the separating. It's not our job. The angels did the separating. It's not our job. Verse 48 tells us, When it, the net, was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore. Then they sat down and they collected the good fish in baskets, but threw the bad away. Now again, I want to clarify to everyone that I am not an expert fisherman. Told you last week how when I go out fishing with my father-in-law, which I have remembered has not been anytime soon, um, and who has told me on countless times how many fish he's caught on all of his fishing trips, when I go with him, don't catch a thing. And more often not than when I go by myself, I don't catch very much. So when I catch something, anything, no matter how small, no matter how ugly, whether you're supposed to eat it or not, I want to keep it. I don't care if it's the size of my hand or the size of my pinky. I want to keep that thing. And I know it's not good for keeping stock up in the pond, but when I get a box and I can reel it all the way in, I mean, there's nothing disheartening than getting it on the hook and then it taking your hook away before you can get it on the shore. When I can get a bite and get it all the way in, I want to keep it. So I have a hard time relating to this idea of throwing back some bad fish. There's no bad fish. To me, any fish that I catch is good. I guess that just goes to show you how unqualified I am in judging which fish is good and which fish is bad. I think the same is true for us when it comes to judging the wicked from the righteous. That's why Jesus says the angels are given the, that responsibility. Verse 49 and 50 tells us, this is how it will be at the end of the age. 
the angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The separating is not our job to do, but it's God's. Why do you think our country is so full of de-churched people? Now, when I say uh, de-churched, I mean those people who used to be a part of a local church but are no longer involved in any church. Most of the time, de-churched people fall away from the church because they got fed up with it. Because some person or persons in their church decided to be the judge and jury of their life. Yet God clearly tells us that we are not to judge. That is his responsibility, not ours. We are not qualified. Thank God that we are not qualified to do the judging. Earlier in Matthew 13, Jesus told the parable of the weeds. The sower goes out and and, and sows good seed of wheat into the field. But his enemy, you know, the mean old neighbor next door, comes in and puts a bunch of weeds in his field. And so the sower servants, they find all these weeds in the field, and they go to ask the sower, what are we supposed to do? Do we need to go and pluck the weeds out from among the wheat? And the sower answers his servants, no. Because while you are pulling the weeds you may also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. Jesus later explains that the harvesters are are the angels. See, Jesus knows that we are not qualified to judge the weeds from the wheat, the good fish from the bad. What we think of person may not be a good person to God, and what we think of a bad person may not be a bad person to God. Simply put, we are not qualified to do the judging. That's God's job. Now, according to our story, the nets are cast. They're put in the water. They catch all kinds of fish, and then the fish are sorted after the catch. Later, Jesus tells us that the fish are people. The angels do the the sorting. Here's what I think we do sometimes. If we're the fishermen, and we're called to go out and to catch people for Jesus, before we even cast our nets, we sometimes like to do the sorting first. You hear me? You hear me? Before we even go out and cast our nets, sometimes we like to do the sorting first. Well, how can we do the sorting first before we throw out the the net? Well, we sort first by deciding beforehand where we're going to cast our net. We we decide beforehand who we're going to go fishing for. We decide beforehand which neighborhood we're going to go in and visit and to share the gospel with. We decide beforehand that we don't want to go fishing in that neighborhood. We say, let's not fish for that kind of people. You know what they're like. Let's not go after them. We say in a small town like Metter, I've known them all my life. There's no way they're going to change their ways. They are hopeless. Let's not even cast our nets over there. 
Perhaps some of us do some pre-sorting based on the color of a person's skin or the amount we think is in their bank account or how they dress or how they smell or how they look or whatever. If you think about it, most of us are guilty of at some point doing some pre-sorting before we've even cast our nets. Again, Jesus tells us that we are unqualified to do the sorting. We are unqualified to know truly what is in a person's heart. We are simply called to go and to cast our nets to let God do the rest. And the crazy thing about a dragnet is that you're liable to catch anything. Not only are you liable to catch whatever fish is in the water, but you can bring up all the trash and the debris that's been thrown in the water. Rubber tires, beer cans, Coke cans, whatever. Whatever's been thrown in the water, you have no control over what comes up in that net. So as we go and we tell others about Jesus and we go fishing for people, there is no telling what we might bring back with us. There's no telling the baggage people will bring with them. There's no telling the hurt and the pain and the grief that others may bring with them. And guess what? That is okay. I may be using too many metaphors this morning, but the church is called to be a hospital for sinners, not a day spa for the saints. It's supposed to get a little messy in here. Because guess what? Our lives are messy. We do not have it all together. I do not have it all together, but that's why I need Jesus, and that's why you need Jesus. That's why all people need Jesus. And, and we can't wait until we get good enough to come to church. We can't wait until those outside the church get good enough to come and bring them to Jesus and to the church. God calls us just like we are, where we are, but he loves us enough not to leave us like we are and where we are. We are first called to cast our nets into deep waters and let God catch all the fish he can and let God do the sorting. It's not the other way around. The last thing I want you to see from this passage is this. It's probably the most unpleasant part, but it is what it is. Judgment is coming. Going back to the image of the dragnet, the fishermen throw out the net and they let it sink to the bottom and then they slowly begin to drag it to the shore. The parable reminds us that we are always getting closer to the shore. With every minute that passes, we're getting closer to the shore, to the end of the age, to Jesus coming back. While we don't know the time or the date of when that end will come, we do know with absolute certainty that we are always moving closer to that end. Every second, every minute, every hour. And when we get there, judgment will find us. As I mentioned last week, the Old Testament use the, the fishing metaphor as a way of describing judgment upon people. And in our passage this morning, Jesus is continuing that tradition. In Amos 4.2, it, it, it says this about an unrepentant Israel. 
The sovereign Lord has sworn by his holiness, the time will surely come when you will be taken away with hooks, the last of you with fish hooks. Those of you who fish, I've experienced many times, too often, as an unqualified fisherman, the pain of being hooked by your own hook. Whether putting it on the line or putting out a really bad cast and not going to explain what happened, but <laughs> most fishermen, experienced or not, have, have experienced this pain. It's not pleasant. So I get the message of Amos. Judgment is not, to be, is not meant to be a, a, a pleasant experience. Yet we all experience it. None of us is immune or exempt from judgment. Hebrews 9 says this, Just as man is destined to die once, and after that to face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many people. Whether we call ourselves Christian or not, we will all face judgment. The question remains whether or not we have accepted Christ's invitation to follow him to take away our sins. Christ has already paid the penalty for our sin. Christ has already taken the judgment for our sins. We need only to accept what Christ has already done. Amen. As we close the service